time for Samantha to lock the studio door and play whatever the heck she wants. Now that's what I call All-American. Rock around the region. A full hour of kick-ass music from bands rocking the Southeast. Everything that rocks. C-97.5. You are. 
Rock Around the Region on Z97.5. Getting things started with my friend Dusty Mahan. He has been in Bootleggers, Fuzz Ripper, The Electric Mahan, and now given a shot at his own solo stuff. That tune right there is called All Night. I love the fact that this guy has no quit, no matter what he does. And this is why you're going, well, why so many bands? And this is something we learned when The Electric Mahan was in here a month or so ago, is that he's still just trying to find who he is and what his sound is supposed to be. That I'm digging right there a whole lot. I am Samantha Knight. Welcome to the program. Part two with Modern Primate coming your way tonight. You're also going to hear from Shallow Point, Taylor Road, Reverend Jack, and a very, very scary story to share with you about Shallow Side. That is coming up tonight as well. Debuted this new tune from the Jacksonville, Florida sisters, Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh, Framing My Perception. It's Rock Around the Region on Z97.5.
around the region with Samantha Knight. Everything that rocks. Z97.5.
Region on Z97.5. Insane! That's the name of the band. The song is Confession. Digging on that a whole lot. I am Samantha Knight, checking out some of our favorite local and regional artists here on Rock Around the Region. That is what it is all about. Going to be chatting with Modern Primate here in just a few. Looking forward to seeing what Egypt Central decides to do as far as a future career. Now, of course, if you know anything about the band out of Memphis, the split, and then Joey and Blake went on to form Devour the Day. And the last year or so, they've been dabbling in new Egypt Central tunes. Right now, as far as I'm aware, there is no plan to put together a new Egypt Central album per se, just a song here and there to throw out to help us, uh, you know, help us fans go, yes, there's new Egypt Central. Dig it on that. So what happens with Egypt Central? What happens with Devour the Day? Devour the Day is still together, and I know from what Blake Allison told me, they are working on new material, so that band is forging ahead. Let's check out this new one from Egypt Central, though. No Place Like Home. It's Rock Around the Region. On Z97.5. Twisted fate, the world around you changed. The black and gray of fate and scarecrows, the lions hiding fears, the voice of death appears. No guarantee we make it. Guarantee we make it. Dancer if it can't exist anymore, and it feels like we won't ever find a place we're looking for.
rock around the region with Samantha Knight. Everything that rocks. Z97.5. is Ravener out of Nashville, Tennessee. Excited to uh, hear some more stuff from these guys. That tune there you heard is Animal. Uh, they also are getting ready to head out on a good string of dates. April 22nd in Columbia, Tennessee. May 20th in Knoxville. May 21st in Chattanooga. And then they've got a bunch of Florida dates and Evansville, Indiana and all of that. So keep up with the band. Facebook.com slash Ravener Band is where you'll get to find them. I am Samantha Knight. Time to sit down once again with my guests of Modern Primate. Uh, of course, part two of this conversation, we were just getting to know some members of the band. Mark, that brings us to you, good sir. How did you get your start? 
Uh, first instrument I ever got was a keyboard. Um, when I was real young, I used to make songs on that and got into hair metal, would write lyrics and poems and You were trying like to like that. do the next thing like you're up with Final Countdown with that stuff? The keyboard? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it sounded like back then. Um, but uh, I think the turning point for me was uh, the Crow soundtrack. That kind of okay. changed my trajectory, you know, because okay. hair metal happened and I was really into hair metal and then grunge happened and I was kind of like, wasn't into grunge. Because I liked hair metal so much. Right. You know? But then uh, I found the Crow soundtrack. And it, it was darker. It was darker. All those bands on there, Nine Inch Nails, Rage Against the Machine, Pantera. Filter, it yeah. just led me down a path. Um, that's when I got my guitar. I was about 12 yeah. years old. But in my household growing up, like my mom had Pink Floyd records, The Doors records. Uh, my sister's 10 years older, so she's kind of been my music source for for a lot of things growing what up. What did she listen know? to? Like, I remember when I was a kid, she'd play like ACDC's Hell's Bells. Okay. And I'm talking like really, really little, and it would scare the hell out of me. <laughs> um, Satan's coming. And my, Satan's coming. My earliest memories, though, were actually of Prince's Purple Rain. Okay. And Michael Jackson's The Making of Thriller. Nice. And I was like really that young watching that, and I was so interested. by the way. <clears throat> yeah, I was so interested in like the behind the scenes thing of how they did the makeup yeah. and all the zombies and that, that kind of so stuff. So far ahead of its time for 1984, yes. too. Like yes. that was, yeah, trust me. I had my, my Michael Jackson double gated fold thriller album, and the, they might have had a a, a doll and a glove. I had the, those things. I had the, yeah. yeah, I'm a fan of the jacket. <laughs> you, you had the jacket? The whole jacket. Oh, nice. The whole jacket. Oh, the whole jacket. <laughs> the I had a, yeah, I had some gloves and some other things. And yeah, then, then they became a pedophile. And you went, no, I never had those things. I never was a fan. I never yeah. liked him. <laughs> no. I, I mentally separated his music from his self. Which is good. So but, please continue. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I've always been a big fan of music and all kinds of styles. Like I probably listen to music eight to 10 hours a day. Yeah. And that's kind of like studying in a way, you know, examining and letting like the musical language kind of just soak into my brain, download, if you will. And you play as well. So like, what was it that like, was there a particular artist or a particular band that, that made you decide I want to be a guitarist as well as a singer? You know, I really don't know. As far back as I can remember, I just always wanted to do it. Like I remember pretending to be in a band before I ever was like in a band or anything like Screaming that. through the living room in your underwear, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> and like me and my cousins, we had like fake guitars and we'd have fake cigarettes and we'd pretend to be Def Leppard and, you know. Like, Did you use a tennis racket or a broom? No, we had fake guitars, like toy, just, toy guitars. Oh, like, you actually got like toy guitars. Like nylon strings oh. and stuff. Yeah, we weren't that fancy. I had to we use a tennis out. racket <laughs> in my day. <laughs> I can remember like singing Bon Jovi songs in my room as a kid. You nice. Know? Did you always want to be a singer? Or you just wanted to be somehow mm. involved? You know... I don't think I always wanted to be a singer. Um, I was attracted to the guitar. Um, the singing thing just kind of came about. I don't know. Was it one of those things? It was like, hey, we need a singer. Kind of like, hey, we need a bass player over very, here. Very like, much. We we had talked about having a singer. And um, whenever we would jam, like I said, I just had some things I had to get off my chest. So it became like, as we're jamming, I'm just in the corner screaming. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I can kind of do this. And I just really never challenged myself to try to play and sing. I always right. wanted to, and I did one or the other, um, but never really tried to do them both together until this project. So how was that for your brain to try to like basically rewire it to do that's a couple a, of things at once? That's essentially what I did. I just stopped telling myself that I couldn't do it, and I started just saying, I can do this. And like we were practicing like three times a week at first, and I know I was waking up in the middle of the night, and I was literally practicing in my sleep. Oh, I would, wow. I would wake up mid-song and be like, oh, in the middle of the verse. 
And then I would like, I would go back through the lyrics in my head and fall back asleep. It was like I was practicing in my sleep. For wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's awesome, though. What about you there? Uh, hi. Hi. I'm the weirdo. I'm the transplant. I'm you're, from up north. Okay. You're the, the weirdo, the transplant from up north. And you say you have been here once upon a time. So please refresh. You've been here before. Uh, yeah, actually, I tried to get a job here, but uh, I, I went to... You decided that you wanted to be a rock star and not a salesperson. <laughs> yes, that's so. true. I thought you guys might need like an engineer guy, maybe somebody you know, yeah. in the technical end of things, but you wanted sales. And I, yeah. And I did. That's like the one thing so. that's always open around here is sales. It's like, oh my God, I want to work at the radio station. And then you find out that it's like the back end of things and it's the non-glamorous side. Of not that this side is totally glamorous mm-hmm. either, but you know. It's the fun side of things. Yeah, I wanted to be Johnny Fever, and you you guys didn't let me. It just didn't work out. (laughs) I miss Howard Hessman. That was so much of my childhood. So what is it you do? Obviously, you didn't come into sales in radio. So what is it that you do for your day job? Um, I build guns for a living. That's so much more fun. American. American. (laughs) Yeah, that's so much more fun than selling stuff. I mean, mean, you know, certain things happen where you get really, really busy. Mm -hmm. Certain laws come down the pike. Everybody kind of freaks out and panics a little bit. And it's like, "Mm." so all of a sudden you have all this work and, uh, you know, it's just that's not a bad thing. It's true. Especially uh, with something like that. Yeah. Much better than going out in a suit and tie and trying to sell stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I have a machining background. I've been in industry my whole life, so uh, it kind of fits. Mm -hmm. I like guns. Making gets. Yep. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about your musical upbringing then. Um, I came from a house with like, you know, my mom was... Uh, went through Beatlemania mm-hmm. and like James Taylor and my dad was into Santana and Doobie Brothers and stuff like that. So I come from central Pennsylvania, which is where Brett Michaels mm-hmm. and those guys were from. And uh, I, once I got a radio, I just tuned it to the rock station and that's where I stayed. And I just started building drum kits out of boxes. Really? And stuff when I was okay. like eight, nine, and it took me years of begging dad, I need a drum set. And that he was like, Finally caved, and he was like, well, here's a snare drum. That's what you started and with. And here's some lessons. And I was like, okay. And the guy who's giving me lessons put me behind a really, really nice drum kit. And he's trying to teach me this rudiment. And I'm like, yeah, but what about the rest of this stuff? Right. Like, I, Gotta you learn the you basics know, your first. Your dad's paying me to teach you this. <laughs> and I promise you, I promise you, you'll graduate yes. to the rest of this. And I just wasn't trying to hear it. So finally, <sighs> I You kinda, sound like me right now. And I'll right? tell you about that. Like, so after, you know, we'd have a little time after, and I would just start jamming around on it. And he finally just told my mom after maybe three lessons, he was like, listen, get the kid a kit and let him go. Just let him go. He'll figure it out. And wow. Did. Yeah. And, That's amazing. And so me and my cousin started a band. It's about 91 uh, called Spleen. It was a uh, very grunge punk rock. So, like, yeah, the name sounds very yeah. grunge we, punk we rock. Had, we had quite a few originals, but we did a lot of, you know, Sex Pistols and Black Flag. Yes. And, you know, and then Nirvana came. We were doing Nirvana and like all that stuff. And it was a really cool scene. It was that northeast punk hardcore yeah. scene that was kind of just going through and there was i mean we were so young but well we were and from that way you had minor threat and, and bad yeah. brains and all yep. oh, it was wow. such a cool scene up there i mean there was always somebody willing to put you into a classic rags clothing store cassette. and to hey just play yeah it's business it's funny that you say that you started that way because i i can remember being you know in junior high high school whatever junior high i think it was my parents were like you're gonna you're gonna play an instrument you know your dad played an instrument and then you know set my sister through band and all of that i'm like Ugh, i don't want to do this what can i do to annoy them drums yeah. same deal and i hated being told 
that I had to practice and hated having to go through the basics. I'm like, just let me wail. And of course, you know, they're like, no, there's no wailing until you learn the basics because mm-hmm. these things have to all work independently of each other. Your arms and your feet. And it just didn't all of feel it. creative. No. Yeah. Didn't like it. I love to talk about it. Can't do it myself. Wish I could. Yeah. Doing over, I would probably like to do bass. That's one thing that sounds cool to me. So obviously I'm into the rhythm sections kind of things. But yeah, having to go back and learn the basics when you just want to be turned loose. Well, that's is kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah. Is, I don't know. Now that I'm older, I find myself watching Drumeo or something like you know, a lot of YouTube stuff. And I'm like, wow, I wish I had known that when I was younger. Right. But for some reason, I just I enjoy learning that stuff now. Which yeah. I hated when I was younger. Yeah. Well, it's because you're being forced to do it a certain way instead of uh, instead of how you want to. I yeah. mean, even the word rudiment. I mean, like, let's just think about the word rudiment there for a second. So it sounds boring and rude, right? <laughs>
that is Mask from Modern Primate. The gentlemen are my guest in studio right now. So you guys obviously, interestingly enough, came from similar backgrounds music-wise. Usually when I have a band in here, there's there's like a couple that are the same, and then I've got someone who is like the country person and someone who was the gospel kid growing up. This is fun to see all of you guys pretty much on the same level. So when you guys came together then from your separate bands, did you have, like, was Modern Primate already set, or was it something that started out as a jam session? Like, let's see where it goes. Let's yeah. see what becomes of it, and then we'll sort out yeah, the rest we, of it. We were just throwing paint at the wall and seeing what stuck, and we kind of felt like we had a sound that was really like anything else. So you, you went in without even knowing what you were going to sound like. Yeah, we just jammed, and that's kind of how I always approach things. I don't sit down and write. I just get in a room and just see feel, what comes out. Feel my vibe yeah. and see what comes that's out. That's how we start every practice. Yeah. Just jam. None of us have ever really written down, you know, and, oh, well, let me play a C. Right. Write this and chart it out. Absolutely not. We jam. And sometimes we'll just yeah. find something that's like, we need to do that again, and it'll become concrete and how many times does it usually take you for that? Because you were talking about how you wake up in the middle of the night and you're practicing in your sleep. Yeah. And I mean, and every great musician will tell the story about, you know, when we're going to go old school analog here of keeping a notebook and a pen next to the bed in case you woke up with lyrics in your head. You can't exactly all of a sudden wake up in the middle of the night and your fingers are doing their own thing and remember what it was you were doing necessarily. Now you've got smartphones and recorders and all that. You can just do that so but how does it come together for you when you guys start jamming like that and an idea comes out like how many times do you have to usually roll over it before you know it's going to be something that you can stick with it, it usually you know when you hear it like we might jam like for a month we'll just like he said jam at the beginning of practice and you know we come up with there's no intention most of the time it's yeah. never recorded because yeah. nobody's yeah. got their phone yeah. open whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually we'll keep circling back around to something um, be like, oh, that sounds familiar. Didn't we hear that before? Yeah. You ever, I mean, that's got to be frustrating, though, or risky to be frustrating, to be like you had some great riff that you, you were jamming on and nobody recorded it and it just kind of went on to the next thing. And then you're sitting there one day going, does anyone remember that riff? Does anyone remember what we did? But that's the magic that's, of it, though. That has to be <laughs> the risk you're willing to take, huh? Yeah, yeah. Because it, mean, it might it might be something that was um, beautiful that accidentally got tossed away, or it might have been garbage and you didn't know it. And but when you guys write now, I mean, you start out jamming, and once you get something in place, do you start recording those ideas down, or do you continue to jam until a song just kind of magically appears? Um, well, at least for me, I continue to jam until it comes together, and it might take six months for me to actually write a song. Wow. Well, at least guitar-wise. Right. JJ is another story. Like, every time I come to He'll practice, with, you know, he's like, I got two new songs, and he's got <laughs> drums, bass, everything recorded. We listen to it, we're like, okay. <laughs> okay. He's been in six months. He's trying yeah. to impress you. Yes. You got the gig, JJ. Yeah, yeah right, right, right. <laughs> So obviously your brain works very, very quickly then. So tell me a little bit about your process, because obviously everyone's a little bit different. He can take up to six months, never wants to record anything. You come in and go, <laughs> boom, here's a new album. So what's well, your process like for you? I just find something that inspires me in the moment. I use my phone a lot to write down ideas, and I'll take a small idea and build up on it. Years ago, I started writing songs. I've always just tried to write a complete song with so when I play guitars, like usually with intention or I'm learning something, you know right. I, mean? I very, I very rarely just kind of fiddle with so that's it. That's what my problem uh, is. So it's always, it's always, you know, cause I, I come from management background, so I have a goal. I meet the goal. You sure. Know, you know what I mean? So, uh, have a lot to be inspired for lately. So how did uh, you learn how to write then? Because you, you know, you you come from a management background and you sit down, you obviously are very methodical in in your your approach to it so like how did you learn how to write a song uh, with just, all of the components and places and things where they go well honestly it was on a, there used to be a game on playstation called music generator 
and I would take, I had the drums, the keyboards. All this the is sounds. like right around the time of Guitar Hero, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so I would build songs on there with, you know, I wasn't going to use them or anything, but that taught me a lot on how to like yeah, structure, structure. As as musically. Lyrically, I write a little bit, but I kind of stay out of that. I, I pretty much stick to instruments, you know, I don't really. Uh, it's more your comfort zone? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm it's at. It's a hard zone to get into. Sometimes I do. If I'm inspired, I will, but, you know, I, I, I put a lot of my energy in just the writing the music. So then who's the primary lyricist with things? That's you? Yeah. Mark. Okay, Mark. Tell me about your process and how things come out. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we know you start by jamming, but are you more of a music than lyrics, or do you wake up in the middle of the night with lyrics in your head, too? Yeah, I'd save everything. Like, I'll just have a word that I'll get inspired by or a sentence, and I'll just jot down that sentence, and I've just got... Tons of notebooks and stuff full of stuff that I've written. So you do write things down. And then when we actually write a song, there's a couple of different processes. Sometimes I'll compile all that and I'll find something that inspires me. And then I might write a whole song based off of like something that I wrote down Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Um, Sometimes I just let the song kind of take me wherever it takes me and just, I guess, free, free write. Okay. You know, okay. Um, Don't really have a. A vision of what the song's going to be about, but I've always been interested in just like the relationship of words. So words kind of come to you first before yeah. the music does. Where you're exactly opposite of that, where the music comes to you first, and then maybe words later. Because yeah. I've always, I always love to ask this question because everybody does write differently. To where you know, like how it is that you put those puzzle pieces together? Because sometimes you can be writing a riff, and all of a sudden the lyrics pop in, and oh, this is going to work perfect together. And other times you're playing Tetris right, with yeah. it. So mm-hmm. you guys start jamming and whatever, but when it comes down to it and you get that idea and you get that riff, then how does it usually come together as far as like, oh, hey, I've got this, I've got this page full of lyrics. This will go really good here. Or you come in with the song and be like, I got this. Who's got what? How does it, how does it work for you? Is it just everybody collaborates? It's like, I mean, do you build the cadence first? Like some lifetimes it'll just be yelling gibberish, you know, Mm -hmm. in in a certain way. Just to get the rhythm of it? Or, you know, that's, I, know you do that before. I don't know. Sometimes in songwriting, I'll be like, hey, this is how I was feeling or what I was thinking about with a song that may spark an idea. You know, sure. When writing the lyrics. My approach, I always try to find some kind of subject matter to kind of tell a story or give a message or something. Uh, you know, I think all lyrics should should do that. It's Rock Around the Region with Samantha Knight. Everything that rocks. C97.5.
Rock around the region on Z97.5. That is Shallow Point out of Lenore City, Tennessee. Looking forward to having them in town this coming week. That song is called Tell Me. So, yeah, they will be at the warehouse coming up on Thursday the 21st of Louisville on the 22nd and then May 28th in Bristol, Tennessee. So a few opportunities for you to see Shallow Point. What I'm most excited about is this is kind of the first time they've been back around for a chance to actually come in and sit down for a conversation. I've been trying and trying and trying to get them to uh, come and have a chat with me, and we're finally going to make that happen. So I'm very, very excited to finally get the chance to sit down with Shallow Point later in the week. Shallow Point, as I said, with that show that's happening at the warehouse on the 21st, Taylor Road is going to be a part of that. This is their new one called Down. It's Rock Around the Region on Z97.5.
rock around the region with Samantha Knight. Everything that rocks. Z97.5. On Z97.5 out of Madisonville, Kentucky. That is Reverend Jack. The song Crawling Inside featuring Chris Caffrey, guitar god from Sabotage and TSO. Uh, good news for Reverend Jack. Their album, A Mile From Home, has surpassed 100,000 streams. That actually happened back in February. And just hours ago, I got message from uh, Reverend Jack's management that this particular song, Crawling Inside, that alone has just surpassed 35,000 streams in just a handful of weeks. So that part is pretty damn cool. I am Samantha Knight. We're getting ready to wrap up 
up this show, and sadly, I've got a very scary story, but a good news outcome with it about Shallowside to share with you when Rock Around the Region returns on Z97.5. It's Rock Around the Region with Samantha Knight. Everything that rocks. Z97.5. We've been swimming through muddy waters. They say there's a mountain of gold around the bend. The rising storms are getting stronger. I haven't forgiven myself yet. I tell you the truth, but the truth isn't you wouldn't bother. A bird in the hand is worth more than two.
region on Z97.5. That is our friends in Shallowside and Revival. A very, very scary couple of days for Eric Boatwright of the band. Uh, I believe he has since taken the post down off of his Facebook page. But I believe it was last night or, or the other day when there was a shooting in the South Carolina Mall. In fact, it was yesterday. It was a mall in Columbia, South Carolina. And that is where Eric and his fiance and daughter live. Um, they were actually at that mall when that shooting happened, if you hadn't heard about it. Uh, a gunman went into the mall. Nine people were shot. Five people suffered suffered other injuries while trying to flee. And then they turn around and try to shoot up a club. I don't know if it's the same shooters or not. I just know that things in South Carolina have not been good over the last 24 to 48 hours. The thing with Eric is, is he was in the mall with his daughter and his fiance and in a dressing room trying on a shirt for his upcoming wedding and overheard all of the rocket and the, the ruckus and, and racket pulled his daughter and his fiance into the dressing room with him. Uh, he said there was a knock on the dressing room door. He opened it and there was some woman that was just absolutely like mortified, pulled that woman into the dressing room with them to try and stay safe. Fortunately, everyone, uh, as far as Eric and his family is concerned, they are all totally fine. I have been trying to reach out to Eric. I know his phone is blowing up right now. Very scary stuff. But uh, right now, I can tell you that Eric and his family are totally safe after that uh, shooting in the Columbia, South Carolina mall. Scary stuff, for sure. Anyway. Back to the show at hand here, and literally the show at hand. It is time to wrap up, wrap up tonight's edition of Rock Around the Region. A big thank you to Modern Primate. We will have another conversation with them next week on the show. As always, if you got questions, comments, concerns, please hit me up. You can find me on Facebook, or you can drop me an email. It is Samantha at Z975.com. Yesterday, or actually on Friday, I want to say it was, the members of Lydia's Castle were in town doing a show at the warehouse, and we had set up an interview, but we got wires crossed. I thought Friday. They thought Saturday after the show. So we did not get the opportunity to catch up, but we will soon. So we'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of Rock Around the Region with Lydia's Castle. It's falling into place. Rock Around the Region on Z97.5. We'll see you next time.